Hello, hello. This is the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host, Amy. This podcast is based around relevant and completely irrelevant topics. Sometimes the deep and meaningful and other times pretty meaningless topics. There are way too many negative vibes in the universe. So let's hang out together and spread aesthetic vibes. Come hang out with me. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we are venturing into the world of narcissists. This topic has been on my mind for a while, and the reason I haven't done it sooner is because the world of narcissism is such a large topic area. So I think I might need to do a several part episode. So to start today, we will define a narcissist, we'll talk about the types, the characteristics, some ways to determine if you are dealing with a narcissist, and then some advice on next steps. Okay, with that being said, let's do this. start out what is a narcissist so this is usually a person who's got excessive interest in or admiration for themselves it's this extreme self-involvement to the degree that it makes a person ignore the needs of those around them because they're so focused on themselves Narcissism is a self-centered personality style that is characterized as having an excessive interest in one's physical appearance or image at times and an excessive preoccupation with their own needs, often at the expense of others. I think the point to cover off here is, yes, it is natural and normal for people to care for themselves over others. However, narcissists take this self-motivation to an entirely new level. People who show signs of narcissism can often be very charming and charismatic. They often don't show negative behavior right away, especially in relationships. People who show narcissism often like to surround themselves with people who actually feed their ego. They build these relationships to enforce their ideas about themselves, even if these relationships are in fact superficial. Narcissism is a term that is often used with very little understanding of what those true words physically mean, or it's thrown around as a derogatory or a bad term when someone displays maybe one of the criteria of the condition. It should be noted that it is estimated roughly 5% of the total population are narcissistic or suffer from a narcissistic personality disorder. And we'll get to what NPD is in a little bit. So there are main types of narcissism. So we have grandiose narcissism. This type may have been treated as superior or above others when they were younger. So they take this expectation and it follows them into their adult lives. 
This type of narcissist will often be aggressive, dominant, and exaggerate their importance. They're very self-confident and very, very self-motivated, and they're not uh, sensitive. Next is vulnerable narcissism. This behavior is usually the result of childhood neglect or abuse. So completely the opposite to the grandiose. People with this behavior are more sensitive. Narcissistic behavior helps these guys to protect themselves against feelings of inadequacy. Even though they go between feeling inferior and superior to others, they often feel offended or anxious when others don't treat them as if they're special. Let's break it down even further. There are environments in which you may meet a narcissist, and this is usually their natural habitat. So we have sexual narcissism. This is often described as an egocentric pattern of sexual behavior that involves an inflated self of sexual ability or sexual entitlement sometimes in the form of extramarital affairs. This can be overcompensation for low self-esteem or an inability to sustain true intimacy. We have parental narcissism. Narcissistic parents often see their children as extensions of themselves, and they encourage the children to act in ways that support the parents' emotional and self-esteem needs. And to meet parents' needs, the child may sacrifice their own wants and feelings. We have the old classic workplace narcissism. (laughs) Ah, dear. Professional narcissism is where professionals constantly assert their competence even when they're wrong. I just laughed because been there, done that. (laughs) So executive narcissism is inanimate. So that is status symbols, things like having a fancy car, maybe a company car, or maybe a company-issued smartphone. Along with that is prestigious offices with window views. Narcissism has been linked to a range of potential leadership problems, ranging from poor motivational skills to risky decision-making, and in extreme cases, white-collar crime. We have celebrity narcissism. This is generally brought on by wealth, fame, and the other trappings of being a celebrity. Celebrity narcissism develops after childhood and is triggered and supported by the celebrity-obsessed society that we live in. We also have covert narcissism, and this is where a person who has symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder yet they often hide the more obvious signs of the condition to kind of go under the radar, if you like. Let's talk a little bit about narcissistic personality disorder. I'll refer to as NPD. So this is, as the name indicates, a personality disorder and is covered under the DSM-5. I think we're up to five. Could be the DSM-6. I don't remember. (laughs) So NPD is where people have this overinflated sense of their own importance. It's a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. People with NPD usually have troubled relationships, supported by an overarching lack of empathy for others. Behind this mask of extreme confidence is this usually fragile self-esteem that's vulnerable to the slightest of criticism. 
NPD can cause problems in many areas of life, including relationships, work, school, or financial aspects. People with NPD may be generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given special favours or admiration, which they genuinely believe that they deserve. They may find their relationships unfulfilling, and others may not enjoy being around them. NPD is diagnosed through criteria. There are nine limbs to this criteria. For someone to be diagnosed as having NPD, they need to meet five out of nine of these limbs. All right, let me talk you through these elements. The first is grandiosity. This is an overly exaggerated sense of self-importance, feeling superior to others and that they deserve special treatment. They have fantasies of unlimited success, brilliance, power, beauty or love. The second is excessive need for admiration. This is being centre of attention, dominating conversations, feeling maybe that they're mistreated, depleted or they become enraged when they're ignored and usually over-exaggerate achievements and talents. The next is superficial relationships. Relationships are based on service attributes and not the unique qualities of others for these people. People are only valued to the extent they are viewed as beneficial. The next is a lack of empathy. Severely limited or totally lacking ability to care about emotional needs or experiences of others, including loved ones. The next is identity disturbance. This is a sense of self that is highly superficial, extremely rigid and often fragile. Self-stability depends on maintaining the view that one is exceptional. Grandiose sense of self is easily threatened by those around you. The next is difficulty with attachment and dependency. So for this individual, relationships only exist to shore up positive self-image. The interactions are superficial, then they usually avoid intimacy. The next is chronic feelings of emptiness and boredom. When attention and praise are not available, often people with MPD feel empty, bored, depressed, or restless. And the ninth criteria is vulnerability to life transitions. There is a difficulty maintaining personal and professional goals over time. There are compromises required by maybe their schooling, their jobs, or their relationships. And young adults may have failure to launch. I'm sure most people have seen that movie (laughs) with the guy who's like 30 and still living at home with his parents and they do everything for him. (laughs) Couldn't be it. Like, I don't think there's anything worse than being like babied at the age of 30. Like many other mental illnesses, those with NPD may not want to think that anything could be wrong. So they are unlikely to seek treatment. How do you treat narcissism? Brilliant question. It's usually a combination of medications and other forms of therapy, uh, such as CBD treatment. This is no different for other mental illnesses. Let's talk about narcissism in the workplace. 
in the workplace, we have this leadership thing called the dark triad. Generally speaking, dark triad individuals tend to be self-centered, preoccupied with power and dominance over others. They might use aggressive tactics such as manipulation and exploitation to get in their way. The Dark Triad is a psychological theory of personality that was first published in 2002. It describes three notably offensive but non-pathological personality types. We have narcissism, Machiavellianism and psychopathic leadership. Each of these personality types are in fact called dark because they're considered to contain ill-natured qualities. So let's start with narcissism. So in the workplace, narcissistic leadership is a sense of entitlement. It's a dominance, superiority and supreme self-confidence, prone to harboring delusions of grandeur, self-importance, self-admiration, and a strong need to be admired. When we look at Machiavellian leadership, this is the acquisition of power, deceit, and manipulation to reach goals. They are typically less manipulative than narcissists, but they have a high level of emotional control with a lower desire to be admired. And they're very, very calculated in their interactions with others. And then lucky last, the psychopathic leadership. This is an incapacity for empathy and high impulsiveness. These guys are emotionally cold. They can be emotionally void, high on impulses, reckless, manipulative, and deceitful. When it comes to narcissists in the workplace, they have strengths and weaknesses, which might be surprising. Their strengths are that, look, they they do have very high confidence levels. They can also be dynamic and quite energetic communicators. They are results-focused. They have an intense competitive drive, um, and they really are willing to make difficult decisions. They're also known to engage and inspire their followers, which is a term that I hate. Ultimately, they're teammates, but followers is the official academic term that's used for uh, delegates, if you like. However, they've got weaknesses. A lot of them. (laughs) They're pretty poor listeners. Um, They have a reduced capacity for empathy. They can be overly sensitive to criticism. Uh, They're obsessed with their own importance and they lack emotional competence. So now we've educated ourselves on narcissism. It's time to work through how on earth do we deal with these narcissists? So first is seeing them for who they are. The first step in dealing with someone who has a narcissistic personality is simply accepting this is who they are. At the end of the day, there's not much you can do to change that. Recognize that they do turn on that charm and they avoid being dragged into their environment or mindset. So just recognition. This is how this person is. I won't be able to change that. Okay, cool. The second is you need to create boundaries and be clear about them. While this might upset the individual, you do need to protect yourself and your peace. So setting clear boundaries with them and then letting them know that if they overstep those boundaries, you know, there will be, if you like, consequences, i.e. I might not communicate or return a text message or a call or whatever it might be. The other part with boundaries is it's great to establish and be clear about them. But where the rubber hits the road is your commitment, is your commitment to the boundaries. What I mean by that is don't just set them and then not enforce them. 
So I think the the critical element here is set them, be clear about them. When they overstep that line, then you execute whatever it is that you've been clear about. It might be something like, you know, if you speak to me in this fashion repeatedly um, and I'm telling you or I've, I've, you know, provided you with insights as to why that hurts me and you continue doing it, I'm not going to return your calls or messages or whatever it might be. So the critical element there is do not return those texts and phone calls. Ensure that you follow through with the boundaries you have created. Be clear in your messaging. Don't sugarcoat it. Be upfront. Don't be confrontational. These guys are going to argue with you. Just be clear, be calm and be centered and give them the information that you need to give them. Remain calm. (laughs) Don't bite. (laughs) They probably know how to bait you, so don't bite. Remain calm and don't engage in arguments. The next is taking time away. You need to ensure that you're focusing on you. So if it's all feeling too much, it is okay to take time away to focus on you. The next is speaking up. Don't just ignore it. Speak up, but be very mindful in the language, choice and approach and the tone that you use because you could set them off, then you're going to enter into an argument. The next is expect them to respond and be prepared to stand your ground. If you take a step backwards, they are not going to take you seriously next time. So stand your ground. Also, an understanding that you're not at fault regardless of what they're telling you. So grain of salt, some of these comments they're throwing at you. With a narcissist, the best thing to do is Ask them for immediate action and not promises because narcissists are really good at making promises and not following through. An example, you've lent someone who is a narcissist $20 and you want that money back and you've asked and they've said to you, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get it for you next time I'm doing whatever, I'm near an ATM or whatever it might be. You want that money? You say to them, okay, cool, I can drive you there now and I'll get that money from you. Immediate action not promises. And I think the last is really understanding that a narcissistic person may in fact need professional help and you can't fix them. Okay, so what do you avoid when you're dealing with a narcissist? Don't argue with them or take direct confrontation. You're not going to win. Avoid pointing out that they're wrong. Just leave it. It's not worth the struggle. It's not worth the battle. You should also avoid giving them direction because they're not going to want it. (laughs) They're not going to see your point of view because most of the time they physically can't. Don't expect deep and meaningful communication because they really do have little empathy. Don't remind them of past issues. Often when we're confronting someone, we like to point out the behaviors over an extended period of time. Usually a narcissist won't want to change. So just leave it to their current actions or words. Don't react. Take a moment. Take a breath. Be calm and then respond. And don't give in when they're pushing your limits. You know, I need you at this time. I need you to always be there to respond to my texts. And you're saying, no, in fact, I I won't be able to do that. And they're, you know, trying to convince you. You need to not give in even though they're near your limit. All right. So I'm sure you're thinking, okay, cool. I have dealt with a narcissist before and I've tried all of this. Now what? This might be your sign that it's time to move on. Narcissists can be verbally and or emotionally abusive. And some signs of an abusive relationship include 
name calling or dishing out insults. Maybe they're patronizing you, uh, public humiliation. Maybe they're manipulating you, yelling, uh, being threatening, showing jealous traits, accusing you of random things, blaming you for everything that goes wrong. Maybe they're monitoring very closely your day-to-day activities. Um, They're attempting maybe to keep you all to themselves. Maybe they're telling you how to feel. Or maybe they're downplaying your opinions and needs, amongst many more. If you're in a romantic relationship with a narcissist, they may leave you constantly feeling like you're not good enough. And they might gaslight you into staying in the relationship. If you have a narcissistic family member, maybe they're competing with you, comparing themselves to you, or constantly presenting themselves as a victim. If you're dealing with a narcissistic manager or boss, maybe they are acting entitled and demanding and never giving you any positive feedback. I have had a fair share of narcissists in my life. When it comes to friendships, I try to stick around for as long as possible, but in the end, it will reach the point of no return for me. And the best way for me to deal with that is to leave that friendship. Yes, I've recognized that it is really hard to make friends as adults, but friendships shouldn't be incredibly hard work all the time. A person can only take so much and a friendship should be easy and fun. I'm not going to work at a friendship. It's just, it's not where it's at for me. Like I just, I want life to be as easy as possible. If the person's value add, then look great. But if if the person's not value add, um, uh, look, I can just move on from this. I, I really don't need this friendship. In the work environment, I've seen many narcissists. Um, in all instances, I have left. (laughs) I recall one manager. uh, She was not only a narcissist, but she held psychopathic tendencies when we look at the leadership dark triad. She was so abusive, so cruel and mean. I basically got to the point where I was struggling day to day, being screamed at continuously. Um, You know, this just abuse, these ridiculous expectations, these stupid demands, um, negativity. But I think it was all underpinned by a level of incompetence on her behalf. If you're seeing these traits and then you're also seeing that the person that you're reporting to is completely incompetent in every facet of their job, you really do lose a lot of confidence in that person. For me, my manager or leader needs to be inspiring for me and they need to be able to provide me something I don't already know. So when I see a manager adding zero value, ah, it's, it's time for me to go. It's time for me to find a new job. The workplace that I was in with that manager was such a toxic environment. It was stressful. There was always drama. So it got to the point for me where I was like, you know what? I got to bounce. This is shit. I need to find myself a new job. And that's exactly what I did. Work is already more, more difficult than it needs to be. And we're there five days a week. Don't know why we chose five, but quite possibly ridiculous. We should have chosen two. Regardless, we're there so often that... If you're entering into this type of environment, it's it's really difficult. Um, it's just so unnecessary. So 
that's my thoughts on narcissists. There is plenty more that I can discuss here, but looking at the length of the episode, I don't want to be sitting here for hours unpacking this. So let's call this part one and then we'll come back and spend a little bit more time on this topic in a part two. As with every episode, we end on a lighter topic, and this week is no different. I'm going to share with you, if somebody entered my house right now, what would be the weird things I would need to explain? So the first is, we have a, it's like a small chalkboard in the shape of a love heart, and it hangs on the wall near the fridge. The first thing I'd have to explain is the family motto that I've written on it. So I don't know how many of you guys are going to remember this. Um, I'm assuming people around the same age as me are going to remember it. Okay, so the, the family motto is, we love our bread, we love our butter, but most of all, we love each other. For those who have no idea where that comes from, there was an ABC television show when I was younger called Madeline. She lived in an orphanage and she'd have all these adventures and she had a dog and uh, her best mate lived next door to the orphanage. Anyway, that would be their daily, um, what do you call it, grace? I think it's when you say grace. (laughs) They would sit around the table, hold hands, and that was their daily grace. So that's our family motto. (laughs) so one more time we love our bread we love our butter but most of all we love each other (laughs) okay cool so the next item would be the nicknames that we have for each other we have some stupid nicknames so let me start with my cat his name's max we often refer to him as maxi pad (laughs) um i also refer to him as maxi moo (laughs) So our dog's name's Buddy. Uh, we call him <laughs> we call him Doodle Breath. <laughs> People is gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Hearing this, we call him Doodle Breath. Um, he also gets called Fat Sack because <laughs> he's getting a belly because he's always constantly um snacking. And then the last one is the nicknames that my husband and I have for each other. I have to provide context. This is just, people are just going to be like, what the fuck? Okay, let's backtrack. I think it started with Bub, then it turned into Bubba, then it turned into Bubba Ganoush, <laughs> then it turned into Bub, and then recently it's turned to Noosh. <laughs> so we don't even realize we do it. Like, I'll be like, Noosh, in the supermarket, can you get blah, blah? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sean's cousin's staying with us, and he's now referring to us both as Noosh. <laughs> So yeah, we have stupid names. The other thing my husband and I have is we have a secret handshake. <laughs> like legitimately a secret handshake. So we often will do that um, in a, like super inappropriate places. I'd have to show you. Um, and as soon as I showed you, you'd probably understand what it was to do with. But we do it all the time. So I'd have to explain our secret handshake. And the last thing I'd have to explain Um, This is probably as someone walks in my front door. My house does not present as a human house. What I mean by that is, you know how you walk into someone's home and you get a really good view instantly around the type of people they are. You walk into my house and there are dog toys scattered 
everywhere. Upstairs is where the cat lives and downstairs is where the dog lives. They just don't like each other. So the dog toys are up in the top level of the house in our bedroom. There's heaps and heaps of toys there because he comes in and lays on the end of the bed and chews his toys before he goes to bed in his crate. Um, But he mainly plays downstairs. So there are dog toys everywhere. He has a tendency to tear them apart and then like soft ones and then pull all of the fluff out of them. So there's usually fluff everywhere. So we're constantly picking fluff up and toys that he's ripped from limb to limb. Um, the, they also have water stations. Uh, they've got like little water fountains and they've got fresh water. Um, so there's four of those inside and then there's one outside because we we just don't want them to be thirsty ever. So they can be upstairs, there's water stations and downstairs. Uh, so yeah, my house, when you walk in, it is not a human house. You look around, you're like, holy shit, um, this is definitely a pet house. Uh, and they definitely run the place. We are merely nothing more than their servants. Uh, they have very good lives. They're very spoiled. Well, that's a wrap. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed today and it's given you a little insight into the proper definition of a narcissist. Too often we throw words around um, quite freely with a little understanding around what the terms physically mean. I was chatting with uh, one of my classes, I think a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about different values and beliefs. So people have different understandings based on their own definitions of particular words. So this is why organizations come out with values and a mission statement, and usually the values are defined. It's to ensure a defined understanding of whatever that word is for the organization. The same comes with words like narcissist or narcissism, because often people throw that around without clearly knowing why. Um, It's like also people saying, oh, I've got OCD because I'm really, really clean. No, you should not be saying that. (laughs) You should not be downplaying um, a mental illness because that's what OCD is. And it's debilitating and the understanding, it it goes a lot further than I just need a clean house or I just, whatever it might be, it goes a lot deeper. So I think we just need to be a little bit more clearer on some of these terms that we're throwing out. Anyway, that's my long-winded wrap up. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) Join me next episode when I discuss men, microphones and misogyny. Uh, I think I mentioned this last app. I also have a TikTok. <laughs> it's my name, Amy Lee Kelly. My husband and I have been doing lots of TikToks. We're trying to pick the funniest ones. We just posted another one last night. So if you're bored and you want to have a laugh, venture over to the, my TikTok page. There's quite a few on the pets. Um, we did one that was like a full house, <laughs> like the show. Um, so highly recommend you head over. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Until next time. Bye-bye.